Hello, everybody. It's been a while, but welcome back to Mixing It Up with Maggie. I've been taking a break from the show, but I've been producing some fun stuff over at Pink Leo YouTube channel, which I'll put the link down below. I wanted to do this special podcast because, as you guys know, it's Mental Health Awareness Month. And I wanted to talk about how mental health is treated in popular culture, especially because since the whole Kanye West interview at over at TMZ, people have been throwing around the words crazy and mental illness and breakdown as if they were all the same thing. So to talk more about this topic, I have via phone or FaceTime my friend Tiffany Camacho, whom you guys know from our episodes on consumerism and uh, season affective disorder, um, which I will link down below as well. So I feel like you're like our resident psychologist now, especially because, you know, you obtained your master's and congratulations on that. And, you know, how are you? Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm hanging in there. Cool. Um, so I wanted to start off mm-hmm. talking about, you know, the conversation surrounding mental health when it comes to Kanye West. As you guys know, Kanye West I'm going to put the link down below, but he did this interview over at TMZ and a couple of other interviews here and there with um, uh, other people. And obviously he said some outrageous things and, you know, he talked about, you know, his addiction to opioids and just the way in which he was carrying himself during the interview prompted a whole bunch of media outlets to throw around the word crazy and mental illness and when I saw that, I was like, I have to make an episode about this because, I, I mean, I, I want to know what you think, Tiffany, but I saw the interview and I'm not an expert. And I don't think any person that spoke on the issue was like a resident psychiatric person or a psychologist. Yeah. And yet they're throwing this around. And I kind of feel like it's a little bit uh, dangerous to throw around such a claim without knowing the facts. I watched the interview as well. I seen a clip of it on social media and uh, exchanging notes back and forth preparing for this conversation. I did want to educate myself and watch the full extent of the actual interview. And I do understand that Kanye has always been someone who's carried himself in a very in your face, been very, you know, upfront about who he is. And that's just been his, you know, from the beginning, that's been his presence. But I think it is very dangerous to to use these words that we often use, including myself. Sometimes we can be like, oh, that's so crazy or, oh, this situation is crazy. Or if we see something that's different, to use the word crazy in conjunction as like it's interchangeable with, you know, someone who's being mentally ill. And I think that uh, crazy is very casual to use for something that's so uh, important and something that the general public should be educated on what mental illness is, because unfortunately it's not. Right. I think um, my issue was that the people that were commenting on these on these things were obviously people in popular culture, um, people in the media, people that have influence over the public, and they none of them, none of the in, none of the ones that I saw, were in the field or like qualified to say that he had mental health issues. And I, and I feel like um, a lot of the times when, again, kind of like what you said, when we do see someone acting just a little bit different than us, we automatically put that title. 
I know that he mentioned, you know, you know, being on, on opioids and that he is taking medication. But that's another thing, too. When someone says, oh, yeah, I'm taking medication. It's like, oh, they're medicated. And I know he was talking yeah. about how, you know, he didn't want to be medicated because I feel like also uh, here, especially in the United States, any any time again, anytime somebody acts a little different than us, I think doctors over medicate people sometimes. And we, I agree. Yes. So again, like the whole thing, oh, I'm on, on I'm on medication, or when someone casually mentions, yes, I go to therapy. There's like a stigma still attached to that, right? I think when we're gonna throw around the title of mental illness, there needs to be. A, it's not exactly easy to detect. There needs to be work that is done. That is why we have professionals in the field who are certified to handle these things because people can hide if they're going through mental, you know, their, their mental health is in jeopardy. People can cover it up and act like they're okay and not want to discuss it because of the stigma that is associated with mental health. And in the case of Kanye and in the case of people in general, whether they're in Hollywood or not, there's a lot of pressure that comes with everyday life, especially if you're in the spotlight. But uh, again, just because he has different points of view does not make him mentally ill or does not mean that his mental health is at stake. But at the same time, you know, mental health is something that's really tricky because it is hard to detect. But if someone is having outbursts, you know, it, it is something to look into. Right. Um, just to finish off on, on Kanye, to be honest, um, a lot of people just saw um, little clips here and there throughout social media. Um, I actually saw like the entire interview. I think it was like 30 minutes. And um, during the interview, if you watch it from beginning to end, a lot of the things that he says it makes sense. I just don't think that I just don't I think it they, it was edited obviously a certain way where we didn't understand the context of what he was saying. And he did, you know, when he talked about slavery, he did correct himself and he said I'm not going to use the word slavery. I'm going to use a word prison and we are all like mentally imprisoned and that's what he was trying to say, but I don't think it I think it didn't land and then I think what made it worse was when then he said, you know, that he is um medicated even though he doesn't want to be and that he had surgery um because of what other people were saying um i think that those those things kind of devalue a little bit of what about what he was saying but i thought i thought he was making i thought he made a good point it's just it didn't it didn't quite land and, and unfortunately it was edited a certain way that made it seem like these comments came out of nowhere um i think When it comes to popular culture is one thing. Obviously, Kanye West is very influential. But when it translates to much more in real life, um, it, it can be even more dangerous. And um, I want to talk briefly about mental health issues and mass shootings. I sent you an article, which I'm going to link down below. But it's basically talking about well, two things. There are two. There are two parts to this question, and I and I want to hear what what you think about it. The first one, um, our lead producer um, here at Pink Leo, Sasha, she pointed out that sometimes when there's a mass shooting and th- it's a white person who is committing this crime, um, he or she or they um, get automatically locked in as 
oh, the reason why they did this was because they have mental illness. And if it was somebody of a of a different race, it was automatically a hate crime or they would get um, they would be in prison versus somebody who is white and they will probably go to a psychiatric facility um, and not really pay for their crime. So she was saying that sometimes mental illness is used as an excuse for for certain crimes, which I think is so, so dangerous because we go from somebody like the mass shooter at the uh, North Carolina um, church, um, Dylan Roof, who that was kind of like the example that we use where there's a white person and all of a sudden, you know, this was classified as a hate crime. Um, but it was immediately said, uh, all, the, all the lawyers claimed that it wasn't a hate crime. He was just mentally ill. But I feel like this, 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 this value, the experience of people that are actually going through this. Now, every time we hear mass shooting, we're like, oh, yeah, a mentally ill person did it. Like, he must be mentally ill if he if he did this mass shooting. Um, and we saw that with um, the kid from the Parkland shooting as well. Um, obviously, it was later accounted that he did have uh, mental health issues, but no one saw. It was kind of like under the radar or like no one really paid attention to him until it was too late. Um, so we have like these yeah. two sides to things, and, and I want to hear your opinion on it. I think that when it comes to the stability or the the progression of having mental health uh, more facilitated inside of society as far as the help and the aid being there needed for people, I feel like we have yet to even hit that that uh, peak. But we don't focus on mental health until there's a tragedy, and that is the problem. And in regards to issues of color, as a Hispanic who is a Hispanic woman, who is studying in the psychological field. No, I'm not a psychologist yet, but as a woman who's pursuing her degree and who has gone on to go get her master's, I can't deny that there is such thing as racial bias. It's something that I've experienced. It's something that I see regularly. And the fact of the matter is, is that in reference to the Dylan Roof case, and other cases where we credit the, you know, oh, the white child who, you know, supposedly was mentally ill and, oh, it's just another white child who committed a mass shooting or whatever the case may be is. The problem I think that we have with that is that those titles, the media has a very strong impact. And those titles are mostly put on people who identify with that categorization. Um, when it's someone who's black, it's not quick to be so transparent to where this person could possibly have mental illness. I think it's it's just so dangerous because... Very much so. Even in our community as Latinas, as you know, it is, I feel now, a little bit more acceptable for someone within our community to even come out and say, you know what, I actually have... Uh, a mental illness and I'm seeking help or I'm taking medication or I'm going to therapy um, is, is, is very uncommon, but it, I think yeah. now we're, we're getting there. Anytime that we see mental illness, it relates back to 
somebody who's white and i'm gonna i'm gonna get to you know some of the representations that we have seen in the media um Mm -hmm. which are actually all of the ones that i have here is unfortunate but they're all you know white uh white characters white people white actors playing Mm -hmm. these characters um but really quickly i also wanted to point out that um in the article that i'm gonna link down below um, it was also talking, which I think is very interesting too. It was also talking about how when there is a mass shooting, we automatically go and say, okay, we need gun reform. We need gun laws, which I understand. And I think they're very important. And yes, I do agree that we need to have a much more uh, uh, diligent approach for in terms of like how to how obtaining a gun. I completely agree Agreed. with that. But the article points out that while we are discussing gun and gun control and the limitations of guns in the streets, we are not even talking about the reasons why the mass shootings happen in the first place. The mass shootings don't, right. Mass shootings don't happen because there are guns in the street. Mass shootings happen. They have like other underlining reasons. And one of them, it may be because not everybody um, who commits a crime is obvious. This is the, the same topic that we're talking about that everybody that commits a crime is mentally ill. But, mm-hmm. you know, what causes it? What makes someone go from, you know, I'm waking up, going to work and, you know, eating dinner with my family to I'm going to go outside and get a gun and kill a whole bunch of kids um, at a school or something like that. Um, and how sometimes we just don't focus on on that aspect. Like, like you said, like um, we don't focus on. Um, the mental health state of the person, we just kind of go straight into gun laws. And now because of that, people are just saying, well, you know, everybody that commits a mass shooting, it was just, you know, mentally ill. Um, They don't, there's no like um, consideration for the culprit. Like the, I, you know, I I don't want to say, I don't want to put anybody you know, as a uh, put everybody that commits this crime as a, as a victim, but the article really points out that we don't hear anything about like okay, how to like you said how to prevent this from happening again. Um, yeah. In terms of mental health issues, they go straight to something more tangible. More tangible, right? And and I mean, what what do you think? I mean, it's very it's very difficult. Um, I'll I'll want to know your opinion on on this case. Um, and I wish I had the names of the people that were involved um, right here, but I'm definitely going to put the link down below. Not that long ago, there was a case where there was um, somebody that was experienced some mental illness um, and they, people call the cops. They were, you know, shouting and, um, you know, just acting un- unruly. Um, and there, there was a mental health professional with this person who was trying to calm this person down. And when the cops came, the person said, you know, don't shoot, don't shoot. They were trying to, you know, tell the cops like, hey, like, you know, they're not going to do anything to you. They're just going through something. Um, And the cops shot, shot the person anyways. And um, it was a it was a tragedy. I don't know if you heard of of this case. And I'm going to I'm definitely going to put the link the link down below. Um, But it just made me feel so sad because it's like now also everybody as soon as somebody hears, you know, that somebody's mental ill, the first thing they think about is um, they're violent. They don't know how to control themselves. Yeah. So, 
then now there's this. So it's kind of like, okay, they're violent. They can control themselves. We must overly medicate them. If not, then a mass shooting will occur. I feel like that's like the pattern that is being, or like this negative narrative that has been put out. What do you think? Mm -hmm. I think uh, you've made a lot of great points. So I just want to go start from the beginning and saying that, um, as I was saying before, society's way of dealing with things is we very much are a society run by instant gratification. And mental health is something that persists and it's something that takes work and it's not necessarily something that happens overnight which is why I think the epidemic of turning around and prescribing a pill is so readily available just because it's a quick fix to a situation. But as we come to see now, obviously, now we have an epidemic of people who are just taking pills and opioids, and again, now we just created another problem. Not created, but this is a problem that has persisted over time, and now we see that you know just turning around and giving someone a pill is not necessarily the answer. With that being said, there are some people who genuinely have mental illness and who need medication because it does make them better. But because of stigma, sometimes people can feel that they're above the medication and they don't need it. Every case is individual and unique. And I think that is, we don't have a a great status on how we can give customized treatment. Um, And by customized, I mean everyone has certain needs. That is in anything. When you go to receive a service from somebody, everyone goes into whatever service, whether it's you going to a doctor, whether that's you going to see a lawyer, whatever it is in life, when you go to seek out a service, we're not necessarily all there for the same thing. There might be similarities, but there are differences all at the same time. So when I say customized treatment, I mean that some people might necessarily need medication then, there, and now because they are exhibiting some severe symptoms. Other people might not. Other people might need something more like cognitive behavioral therapy where there's also a behavioral element implemented into it because there's behavioral issues as well. So there's different methods of different things and there's different combinations that can work for each individual. The problem with society is, again, with when it comes to tragedy, we are not do, taking any preventative measures. Healthcare is quick to, okay, you can get these many number of services, and then after that, we're not going to provide any money to getting you services anymore. And again, like I said, instant gratification is not going to work when it has something to do with health. It's just not going to work because not everything is quick and fast. Some things require a quick, a quick remedy and other things don't. I think also, with that being said, um, the general public about the story that you were just telling me, there's also a story about an elderly woman here in the Bronx, where we, you and I both live, who she supposedly had mental illness, and she was, I believe, shot in her home. Um, and this was in the media and all over the place, and she was killed. And it was a known fact, supposedly, that she had mental illness. I could be wrong. Um, This case has been uh, going on for a while, so I could be wrong on the facts. But it's something along those lines. Our police are also not trained to deal with mental illness 
at all either. It's really uh, cut and dry when it comes to what they're dealing with. It's like, okay, if there's, you know, a harm or a danger, you know, just go ahead and take care of it. Which these men and women who are policemen, they're in a line of duty that's very dangerous. So, yes, they have to take, you know, their lives and their safety and the safety of others into consideration. Absolutely. But in order to do that, they do need to be educated on mental illness and the realities that a lot of our mentally ill are in prison, not in a a rehabilitation center or in a facility that could better help them with giving them coping skills, but prison. A lot of them are targeted by cigarettes and tobaccos. I know a lot of people watch TV. You can see that, you know, tobacco companies specifically target people with mental illness because they have, it's a possibility that they can have addictive uh, personalities because if they need medication, sometimes a lot of people who are mentally ill will seek street drugs because medication is too expensive sometimes. Is that the case for everybody? No. Some people do, some people don't. The issue needs to be spoken about, and I think that's the problem, is that we don't have have dialogue. People get uncomfortable, and people run away from the conversation, and it's complicated. And as a student who is still learning, even after graduating, there's not, you can never learn enough about this. Never. And the fact of the matter is, is that not only professionals should be learning, but the general public should have an idea of symptomologies of certain disorders or certain, uh, you know, mental illnesses, because it is important that they see that not only with themselves, within themselves, if God forbid they feel different and they notice the change amongst themselves, but also amongst people that they love. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, just listening to you, I, I also want to point out, I had a conversation with my brother who also recently graduated, um, with a concentration in psychology, um, we were having a conversation about how, you know, anything that relates to mental health, everything that relates to neurology, um, neuroscience, anything has to do with the brain, it's still so brand new that even the doctors and scientists are still learning. So there's just so much that can go wrong with um, medication. I know a few people, when they go in, for medication, they are actually um, put on different doses. And like they, for like one week, they give them this dose. And for the next week, they give another dose, which is kind of like a little bit of an experiment. Because as you said, everybody's an individual. So everybody would get affected differently. And the only way that, you know, uh, doctors will deal with that is by, you know, prescribing something, seeing how it works, and then, you know, kind of like do a, a trial run on a human being, which I mean, it it sounds crazy, but it just it, that's just the way that we have it right now. Um, I also yeah. I also speak to um, a couple of people um, that are that are close to me that that are in um, in the uh, police department, and um, it's it's also you know I I'm like I'm you know in be, in between because I know that they do have training on um, if somebody is exhibiting certain symptoms but sometimes if if doctors themselves sometimes can't identify right away what somebody has we can't also put all the pressure on these um you know men and women in uniform who 
who have to kind of, you know, act quick on their feet and, and you know, um, act right away and take um like have like a a, a ge- kind of give a guess as to what is going on and for the most um, part i i think you know um they might say oh you know this person looks like they are on on a particular drug or something but we just don't we just don't know no. and um this is why um these you know shootings happen again because we just we don't know i don't i, I i'm one of those people that, it's it, that believes that they should ask more questions before shooting. But I know that sometimes they just don't have that luxury. Like they just, they're not trained in that manner. They are more trained in like act quickly, ask questions, you know, yeah. kind of like act first and ask questions later. Um, later. I think also, the and it's just, it's just unfortunate, you know, all of these um, incidents, it's just, uh, and, and overall, it's just like a complicated issue. You know, not everybody is a psychologist. Not everybody goes to school for this. And the way that people are educated, unfortunately, is through just regular media, right? They they learn about schizophrenia through a movie or something like that. And I, I want to quickly yeah. um, talk about, you know, I, I, I wrote here, have you ever read or seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Yes. Yes. So that book um, and that film that I can think of is one of the earliest examples I I saw of you know the, the representation of people um that are in a in a mental health facility um oh. and uh obviously you know in the if you guys ever read the books they're not treated very well and it, it actually starts off with a a person who is trying to pretend to have mental illness to get out of going to jail so he pretends to have it, and then they put him in this facility. Um, but throughout the story, we are, you know, um, confused as to, not confused, but the, the narrative plays around or whether or not this person actually does have mental illness. So um, it's a great premise. It's a fantastic movie um, with Jack Nicholson, who is known for playing, you know, these very um, eccentric characters. Um, but he does a really great job and um, I, I love the story and I love the movie. Um, I want to also, you know, just say there are other movies like Girl Interrupted that talk about um, borderline personality disorder, A Beautiful Mind, which a talks about, mind. right, A Beautiful yeah. Mind, which does talk about um, schizophrenia. Um, Silver Linings Playbook also talked a little bit about um, the main character has um, is bipolar um, and is somebody that comes out of rehab. So it's not it's like a different take on it. Somebody that comes out of it, um, out of rehabilitation and is going into the world again. Um, then we have a show that I, that I talk about all the time. It's called unreal. And they also talk in, in that show. The main character also has like borderline personality disorder and bipolar disorder. Um, and then we have something like, uh, my crazy ex-girlfriend, which also talk about borderline personality disorder. And one of my all time favorite shows, you guys is United States of United States of Terra, um, yes. which talks about, um, how do you say, is it disassociate identity disorder, right? Yeah. The, yeah. Um, so. It's been a while since I've seen that show before. Yeah, I yeah. Because um, I know like the, the, the illness at one point was called multiple personality disorder, but that's not the actual official name for it. That's kind of like layman's term. I know it's something like, yeah. a, so uh, associative identity disorder, um, and 
um, I want to know what are your, you know, favorite, um, if you have any favorite um, television shows or movie or pieces of literature that you think do a good job of representing somebody that has mental illness um, versus something that maybe you didn't like and you're like, oh, my God, this is like, you know, as somebody who studies psychology, like this is just like a bad, you know, this is so bad to put out there for people to for people to see. I think that I would have to say as far as getting my information, it's always, you know, good to watch movies and stuff like that. And there's some great movies on, you know, the mental health and dealing with the whole issue. But I like to go straight to the source, me being the person that I am. I love documentaries. And I think for me, documentaries are the way to get, you put a face to the situation rather than like a character. You know, sometimes, you know, people can watch a movie and like using the bird who flew over the cuckoo's nest, for example, you know, it's like watching Jack Nicholson play like he has mental you know, illness or, you know, be inside of this place. But, you know, some people can become dissociative about, you know, what mental illness actually is because, you know, they figure it's for entertainment, you know, because it's in this movie. That's a good point. I didn't think about it in that way. Yeah. So I think that when you're trying to, like, educate yourself or even there's some great documentaries about, um, you know, real-life people, your, your next-door neighbor, or somebody lives in the same state as you, or, you know, somebody lives, you know, across the state from you. I feel like when you watch documentaries, there's so many good ones out there. And I can't really think of anything on the top of my head because I'm a documentary junkie and I just watch them consistently. But I feel like that will bring you more closer to issues um, that relate to something as far as being educated on mental health. You have the Stanford Prison Experiment, which I use as an example because that has been, in every film, that has been remade so many times with Adrian Brody. And then they recently did a remake on the Stanford Experiment with the prisoners and the guards. And that has been done a numerous amount of times. And I feel like even with that, with remaking, sometimes the message can get lost just because, you know, people feel like, oh, like they're just remaking a movie, not necessarily trying to reinforce a message. So I feel like sometimes with entertainment, it can get very sticky because some films are absolutely so well made that it is just beyond like it leaves you speechless how well they're done. And then I think for some people, you know, they don't necessarily walk out with the message because it's like, oh, my favorite actor is in it. And this is coming from somebody who the way me and you and I met was through the film festival. And no one loves forms, you know, films more than you and I do. And I think that, you know, films are great. I have such a passion for them. I love them so much. But I feel like, again, media and all that getting involved sometimes can take away from the message. So I think documentaries are definitely a good way to kind of get yourself involved, get yourself in a topic. You know, if you really want to learn more, I feel like that is the route to go because it lends you a face and not like necessarily a face that's like an actor or celebrity or actress, but like a normal human being that is going through something having to do with whatever issue we're talking about, in this case, mental illness. And it kind of puts it in perspective to let us know that we are all capable 
of going through the issues that whatever the person in the documentary is going through or whatever the case, you know, like I, again, I want to reinstate that everyone is susceptible to having mental illness. Some mental illness is discovered at different ages compared to others. At the same time, sometimes stress can induce certain flares of certain symptomologies because anxiety and all it's such a complicated issue. And I feel like, again, the general public really needs to be advised as well about what the issues are and what really is mental illness and what is the importance of taking care of your mental health is. I really want to stress to all of the viewers and all of, you know, the, the people who listen that it is so important. Your, your, your mind is like your body. You really need to take care of it. Stress and other things could have such an impact on your mental health. It is really important that you make sure that if you are going through something that you talk with somebody, that you seek professional help. It is okay to be skeptical. It is okay to be weary. You have that right if, you know, medication and things of that. You need to do what works for you, but you need to also have an open mind. But the point is having dialogue. Don't keep those feelings inside. It's very dangerous. Right. So what do you think, you know, one or two things that you can think of that content creators like myself, um, we really need to hone in before we start writing characters that, that have... Um, I would say, um, again, as a lover of film, as a lover of all things, the arts, especially in conjunction with uh, mental illness, I feel like it's so healthy. I feel, again, everyone is susceptible to having a breakdown or to, you know, experiencing mental illness. No one is exempt. It affects everyone, rich, poor, and in between. Um, I feel like the arts, are such a great outlet for people to express themselves, especially those who are going through a hard time. Um, I feel as content creators, the most important thing anyone can do is educate, 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 educate yourself on the topic, meet with people. If there's a forum or there's a workshop or there's something where there's going to be a group of people who, you know, are talking about depression and that's what you want to do a movie on, if you can go ahead and see if you can sit in or if you can get people to uh, have a conversation with you, you know, are you, are you experiencing any of these things? To really educate, if there's family members that you think has gone through a particular topic and you think that, you know, is, this is something you want to create a character on or this is something you really want the world to know about, I think when you do something with, with love and with passion and with education, with that goal in mind, I think you can really do some life-changing things. I really think you can tell someone's story without even knowing them. Depression, there has been numerous movies that have been done on depression, and the ones that are done so well, people who have that are able to identify with that and say, wow, they're telling a story here, I can relate to what that person or what that character is going through. So I think the importance is education, educating yourself as a creator on what is the experience of these people. Because like you said, the, the, the waters can get very muddy. Psychiatrists are able to provide medication while psychologists 
give more psychoanalytical therapy as far as like talk therapy and things of that nature. So a lot of the, you know, a lot of the public, they, they all lump it in one type of thing. And the fact of the matter is, is just like any other discipline, any other subject matter, it's, there's so many layers to it. There's so, we could have this conversation for weeks, months, or years because it's just that intense and that complicated. And I think to do your work on whatever it is you're talking about is so important because, again, I think the arts have an outlet for people and people really seek solace in, in, in movies and things like that because they're, they're universal. People can watch them all over and they're very relatable. And if you want to make an impact, a positive impact, you can really do that by educating yourself on whatever topic you're talking about. Thank you so much, Tiffany. I feel like, you know, um, I, I definitely want to keep keep this conversation going. It is, you know, again, um, Mental Health Awareness Month. But let's not just, you know, talk about it in May. Let's talk about it in general. Um, I, I just wanted to, you know, I brought it up not only because it was May, but also, you know, again, with the whole Kanye West thing, it's just all over the news um, and I just felt like, oh my God, they're just throwing this, this phrase around when we really don't know, you know, it's, and it's dangerous. Um, so thank you so much. As always, it's been a pleasure, you know, speaking with you. Every time I talk to you, I feel like I learned something new. Um, and, um, I hope that people that are listening, you know, I, I want to hear from you guys. I, I, this is such a complex you know, issue, you know, from, from how do we get from like, okay, um, you know, a, a film about it versus like talking about a celebrity about it versus, oh my God, it's in the news and, you know, somebody got shot and, you know, they're, they're all, they're going, they're, they were just going through, um, mental illness to like gun loss. Like it go, it really does, you know, there is, um, a pattern and a layer to, to everything. And this is why, you know, I love talking about, you know, media and media's influence on people, um, it, I mean, it, it, it's not just entertainment. There's, you know, whatever we see on TV, whatever it is that we are consuming really does have an impact and an influence. So if they are portraying, you know, um, mental illness in a negative light or, you know, saying that people that have mental illness, you know, um, are violent or criminals, unfortunately, that's what the majority of the public will think you know i don't think everybody yeah. has the discipline to go and research or to sit down and watch a documentary or to read a book about it unless this is a field that you are passionate about so we yeah. as content creators i do think i i i completely um uh, agree with you and um you know this is something that i've been thinking about um when when creating um you know characters um something else just like a little tip if anybody is writing about um mental illness and it's like a fictional piece um, something that I was thinking about it, that I read was to call up someone like Tiffany or somebody who, um, who has their own like, uh, practice, like a psychologist or a, a psychiatry, um, department. Um, and, um, you can call them up and you can actually say, Hey, I'm making a documentary or I'm making a movie or I'm writing this television show or I'm writing this book. Um, where my character has X, Y, and Z, and I would like to know more about it. I heard that, you know, people in the field are very, very, they get very excited when they get asked to, you know, participate yeah. in a creative project. And they're very much, um, they're also like yourself are very concerned about, 
you know, making an accurate representation of their field of interest, obviously, and, and of people, because this field is obviously so, so human. It has a face. It's not just, you yeah. know, you know, a, a, a word or a mental disorder. It is a person. Um, and I heard that they're very um, col- collaborative with um, with writers yeah. and artists. Um, so thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I'm going to put the links down below. Um, between Tiffany and I, I'm sure we can come up with, you know, a few of our favorite titles. I, I gave some already of some of my favorite shows. Um, but I'm definitely going to put some documentaries down below as well for you guys to to see and to watch and to, you know, get the conversation started and continuing um thank you so much for listening to this very um special episode and um thank you again tiffany um you're welcome you're welcome again i want to encourage everybody take care of yourselves out there it's so important i just want to leave you guys with that last note take care of yourself your your health and your well-being your physical your mind state it all matters it's all very important and if you know there's there's a gap in that uh, in your functionality don't be ashamed to talk about it because it's happening to a lot of people more than you probably realize and while you're taking care of yourself i want you to also um please subscribe to um pink leo um social media so that you guys um can be aware of all the content that we are producing both entertaining and educational um we have some yes um, we have some episodes um about uh some of our favorite tv shows on on our youtube channel but i'm also excited to let you guys know that i will be doing a brand new podcast coming soon to you guys and it's going to be all about television and its influence on us a lot of the things that we learn we learn from our favorite tv shows and i really want to i'm so excited you guys i I can't wait to sit down and like go in and like dissect something like Buffy or Charmed or even something like Friends or, you know, anything that we watch, you know, whatever. I feel like a lot of people say, you know, you are what you eat. I said you I say you are what you watch, what you are consuming through your senses is what you are. And um, so, yeah, so please um, subscribe and stay tuned and go to the links down below. Continue the conversation. And thank you.